Heavenly Father, um, I thank you for the opportunity to stand here today and to talk about you and talk about your word. Um, I ask that anything that I say might be from you and that you'd be guiding my speech. And I ask that anything that, that I have to say that isn't from you would just actually fall onto deaf ears. Um, I pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, for any of you that might not know me, my name is James. I uh, didn't necessarily grew up in this church, but this is the church that, that is home to me. I was confirmed right there, spent most of my high school down in the youth group, and, and actually got to stand here once and share a testimony with you guys about the way the Lord kind of guided me through, through a pretty tough time in my life. Uh, this is the place where, where I really came to believe. This is the place where I was able to witness Christian community for the first time, um, and I'm super honored to be, be back here talking to you guys this morning. So, so thank you so much for having me. Uh, more recently, I've been at Michigan State, as, as Kate said, and, and yeah, was just able to see the Lord do a really great work in my life and in the lives of people around me, uh, one being my brother who two years ago would have said that he didn't believe that there was a God, but two months ago actually stood right here and gave a sermon about the Lord's love and the way that the Lord revealed himself to him, uh, which is pretty spectacular. And So I've been pretty moved by, by the work of the Lord, and yeah, as she said again, going to be working for, for two years as a Christian missionary, moving down to Pittsburgh, actually, and, and working, serving the students uh, at the campus there at the University of Pitt and some of the other schools in the area. Um, so I'm super excited about that, but I'm not here at all to talk about me or what I'm doing. We're here to talk about, talk about God and, and his word, and so the passage that I'm going to be focusing on is actually that first one that we read um, in Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33, where Jesus walks on water. This is one of my favorite verses, passages in the Bible uh, for a couple different reasons. The first one being, I'm pretty sure that you can write probably 25 different sermons at least on it, even though it's only 12 verses long. Uh, there's so much in it. There's so much to, to take from it. Um, I also love this one because it's really evolved as, as I've kind of grown as a Christian. Uh, when I was younger in my faith, it was just kind of one of another miracles that Jesus did. He, he started by turning water into wine, and then he healed some people, then he did some stuff with bread, and, and then he walked on water, and, and that was kind of cool. And it still is that, but as I've, as I've matured, as I've grown, and as I've read this again, I realize there's so much more in it. There's a real message about, about discipleship, and, and there's also some revelation about just the way that God works in the world and in our lives and calls us to him. Um, so even though a lot of us have probably heard this passage before and maybe even heard a sermon on it, um, I hope that we can, we can listen with some new ears and, and hear what the Lord's speaking to us in this season today. So this passage picks up, um, Jesus is in kind of the middle of his ministry on earth and and he's been, been teaching through parables in his Sermon on the Mount, and he's um, also been performing miracles, just revealing to people kind of more and more that he is God. And, and where, we, where we just pick up from is, is after he had just fed the 5,000 from, from two fish and, and five loaves. So, so that's where we're at, and that's where we pick up in verse 22, where it says that Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, uh, the other side of the Sea of Galilee, because they're in the middle of their ministry and, and they're moving on to the next town. Um, while he dismissed the crowd, the, the 5,000. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. 
So it doesn't really mention what the disciples were thinking right here in this moment, but I think it's important that we take a sec to, to kind of try to put ourselves in their shoes and think what it must have been like for them here out on this boat with their boat being buffeted by the waves. Um, I would think the first thing they're feeling is, is right off the bat, just fearful. They're probably terrified. Um, many of them were, were fishermen, was their profession before this, and so they've heard the horror stories of, of people lost at sea, stuck in, in storms just like the one that they're facing right now. On top of that, it's the middle of the night, and they can't see land, they're a good distance away from it, so they are just in this abyss, in this storm, fearing for their lives. On top of that, I think they would also be feeling maybe even a little bit betrayed. Um, there's this guy, Jesus, that they gave up everything that they owned, everything that they had to follow him. They gave up all their possessions, they left their families, and, and they've given up years of their lives to, to be following him, and they've come to really trust him, trust him so much that when they, he says, get on a boat and go over there, they get on the boat and they go over there. And now they find themselves face to face with death, and he's not even there with them. He's still on the beach in the mountainside hanging out by himself um, while they're they're in the middle of this storm and enduring this. So, yeah, I think the disciples were probably feeling pretty fearful, pretty alone, pretty forsaken, and I think that we can, we can relate to that probably a little bit more than, than we would like. But the passage does continue, thankfully. It says that shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. So, yeah, this is shortly before dawn, so they've been at this all night, <laughs> just fearing for their lives for like eight hours at least, um, and, and they're, they're at their wit's end so much so that when they see Jesus for the first time here, they think that he's a ghost. I mean, what, what mental state do you have to be in to, to think that a man is a ghost? But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. So a few summers ago, I was living uh, over in East Lansing with, with a couple of my friends. There's eight of us in the house who were living together for the summer while we were working. One of the guys in the house, his name was Travis. Um, he's a pretty natural-born leader, so, so we kind of called him like coach or, or captain. Uh, we started it as a joke, but he had come to really actually love being called that, so, so captain really stuck. And so then for his birthday, we decided to build him a boat. Seemed fitting to make him a proper captain. And so we found a folding table in our basement that was kind of dilapidated, and, and so we turned that into the hull of our ship and went out and bought some 10-gallon jugs and like tied it to the side with, with some string uh, for some buoyancy. Uh, you need a flag, so we found, found a lamp, uh, like a tall lamp, and turned it upside down and taped it to this, uh, this folding table and then tied a, uh, a sweatshirt, an MSU sweatshirt, to the top of that as like a flag, mass, dual system thing going on there. Uh, we also had like a picnic bench out back that was falling apart, so we took a plank off of that and that was was retrofitted to be used as an oar, um, a high-quality vessel, as one might say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, so he shoves off on his maiden voyage in the, the beautiful waters of Lansing's red cedar, and pretty immediately, it does start to sink. Um, the, 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 the jugs kind of work, so it only sunk about three inches, and, and so for, for a few seconds there, Travis was, was about three inches submerged until he, until he fell, fell off completely. But for that second there, before he fell off, it sort of looked as if Travis were walking on water, as you would have. Um, so, so when I read this passage and I think about what it must have looked like for Jesus to come walking out, that's about the closest thing that I have seen 
Now, if me and my friends were out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee and fearing for our lives for eight straight hours, and then we turn around and in the distance we see Travis just rowing on over in, in his rig, and he cried out to us what Jesus said, take courage, it is I, Travis, do not be afraid. Our response would not be to take courage. Uh, we would still be very much afraid, and on top of that, we'd be pretty upset. Like, Travis, you knew we were out here. Why didn't you bring, I don't know, a bigger boat or some help? Like, let's go with the rescue team. How about? Um, but no, he comes out, and so now he's just going to, yeah, probably drown with us. So that's, that's a bummer. <laughs> but that wasn't the disciples' response. When Jesus showed up and he said, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid, they, they did that, they heeded that, they, they were able to take courage because it was him and, and they knew not to be afraid. And that's something that doesn't really make sense to me because, yeah, Jesus didn't bring a bigger boat, Jesus didn't bring a rescue team, he didn't bring a boat at all, he was walking on water and it was just him. And so I, I wondered for a long time, like, why was it that the disciples were, were able to take courage in that message and, and in seeing him and in seeing his face and, and after thinking about it, praying about it, and, and meditating on it for, for a while, I realized that, that it really boils down to two things that Jesus has that, that Travis doesn't. Um, the first thing is that Jesus, Jesus is strong. Jesus is powerful. Jesus is God. And they knew that. They had, they had walked with him. They had seen him perform miracle after miracle. And, and they knew what he was capable of. They knew that he could pull them out of any situation if that's what was needed. Secondly, they knew that, that he loved them that he loved them more than any father, than any mother, than any spouse, than any best friend could ever possibly love them. Jesus loved them. As, as hard as that is to wrap our heads around, the disciples had, and they knew that, and they knew that Jesus cared about them enough to, to see to their well-being and see them uh, even prosper in, in this tough situation they found themselves in, being face-to-face -face with death here. So they knew those things, and, and that's also the things that, that they knew that allowed Jesus to say things earlier in Matthew when he said, don't worry about your life, or what you will eat or what you will drink, about your body or what you will wear. It's not because those things aren't something to worry about. It's because we can know that, that Jesus is Jesus, that he is powerful and that he is all-loving, and, and we can take some real comfort in that no matter what, what situation uh, proclaims otherwise. The passage continues um, with the disciples responding. Uh, it says in, in verse 28, Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So I think boats are pretty great, um, especially if you have a goal of not sinking. I find that they are generally the most effective, useful ways to prevent that from happening. So if I were one of the disciples on this boat, I would be pretty tempted to be one of the ones that stayed on the boat because you're scared for your life, you don't want to drown, you stay in a boat. That seems logical. Seems secure. There's a lot of comfort in that boat, in, in what, is, what is in that. But that wasn't what Jesus called 
Peter to do. That isn't what he called all the disciples to do, really, and that's not what he's calling us to do. Jesus' call to, to Peter was really simple. He just said, he said, come, and Peter did. And, and I think that Jesus has a similar call for us today through this passage. He's saying, come, get out of the water, or get out of the boat, walk with me on this water. And that's something that looks a lot different for us than it did for Peter. He's, he's not necessarily telling us to go find a lake and try to walk on it right now. Um, but he is, he is calling us to take a proverbial step of faith and, and a leap out of that boat. And that's something that looks completely different for probably every single person in this room because we're all in different spots and we have different things going on. So, so that can look like just taking that daily prayer time that you said you were going to start. It could look like signing up for that retreat that you said you always wanted to do and that you think you could get a lot out of. It could be as extreme as quitting your job, moving to China, and preaching the gospel in a communist country. I don't know. But the Lord has a call for, for each and every one of us, and, and, and this passage provides a little bit of instruction into how to do that well. Um, pretty simply, it says to do that, to take that step, and, and to keep, keep your eyes on Jesus in it. That's when Peter had success, when he was focused on the person of Jesus, not on the waves around him, not on the wind coming at him, because because the promise isn't from Jesus that he's going to calm the waves. He doesn't do that yet. And, and unfortunately, that's not what happens in our lives. No matter how many steps of faith you take, there's still going to be difficult circumstances. Things are still going to be tough at some points. But the promise is this, that, that if we keep our eyes on him and we keep our faith in him, that he's, he's going to be walking in that storm with us and that we can not just withstand it in a boat, but we can actually walk through those waves, walk through those circumstances and do miraculous things in the midst of that. But even if it is possible, and even if it's what we're called to do, like why would we do it? Because the boat is safe, the boat is really secure. So why? I think there's a couple different answers. I think the first one is, is that getting out of the boat is sweet. <laughs> it's really cool. I mean, Peter walked on water, guys. He's one of two people that can ever say that. Um, and, and in my experience, I think that that, that translates as really true. It, it hasn't happened in my life where I've seen the Lord do something crazy and, and really cool until I got out of my comfort zone, until, until I took a risk, until I took that step of faith and, and left what I knew, what I was comfortable with, and, and walked closer to him. It was then that he showed me that he's great, that he is powerful, that he loves me, and, and it gives him that opportunity to do that. But more so, I think we step out of the boat because of what the disciples said at the end of this passage when they worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. For the first time here, they, they profess that he is the Son of God, and it's true, he is the Son of God. He's the Son of a God who loves us, who loves us so much that he created us, he created you, he created me personally to know us, to love us. He's the man, Jesus, that walked out in the middle of the sea through the storm just to be with his disciples, just to comfort them, just to let them know that he was there. He's the God that, that stands out there and when we start to sink because we look away from him or because we turn around completely, he's the one that reaches out and he grabs us as Jesus did to Peter and pulls him up. He's the God that wants to be with us so bad that he gave his son to die on the cross so that we might know him and know him completely and that we at any point can say as Peter proclaimed when he said, Lord, save me as he was sinking and he did and he will and he does. And that's and that's the truth, and that's, that's why Peter stepped out of the boat. Because he knew that message, he knew that truth, and I think that truth is, is, makes him a God worth stepping out of the boat for. 
And so that's, a, that's actually a message that, that I took for granted most of my life, that that, that a salvation is there, that the God is there, ready to grab you, ready to have you. I took, it, I took it for granted. It was just kind of, I grew up in the church, and I knew that, and, and whatever. It's, it's cool. Um, when I got to college, though, I, w- I was pretty shocked and astounded by, by how many people had never heard that message, um, how many people hadn't known Jesus in that way, hadn't known that that, that, was, that, that was real and that that was true. Um, and so I, I truly thank God. I thank God for, for this opportunity to be talking with you guys today. I thank God for this for this church that that, that's, that gospel message is preached every single Sunday. Um, I thank God that I have the opportunity to go to Pittsburgh and, and meet students and, and share that with them for the first time or, or remind them of, of that message they had learned growing up. Um, and most of all, I thank God that, that that's a message that, that truly changes lives, that that's a message that, that has changed my life and it's a message that I've seen change other people's lives in a world even where, where church numbers are declining and, and especially in my generation, um, people are, are turning away from faith. I've been able to see, see some countless students come to know the Lord because that, that message has power. So that being said, I'd like to just close with prayer. If you'll bow your heads with me again. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this, for this opportunity to, to be here today and, and for this church and for the work being done in it and through it. I thank you for sending your son to set an example for us for walking on the water before us and, and for his saving work. God, I ask for your guidance and courage as we look to step out of our boats and walk on the water with you. And lastly, I pray for the courage and boldness as we, as we leave this place to, to be just, yeah, sharing your good news um, in our weeks. And in your sense, we pray these things. Amen.